Or is my audio always sounds bad? I don't think it sounds bad. Really? Nah. Oh, okay. I mean, last week you were sniffing throughout the whole show. That wasn't it, though. (laughs) Hello and welcome to What's the Deal, the Seinfeld review show that loves you, even if you won't love it. Each week we dissect every episode of Seinfeld in chronological order. With me today, as always, are Patrick Armstrong. Hello. And Christopher Young. Yo. I'm Cameron Wong, and this is episode 37, and today we will be looking at season 3, episode 22, The Letter. And that was Chris Young's most casual introduction. Yeah, I was kind of comedy. You didn't like my, my yo. Wow, it really threw you both off. I could hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't was... follow it with the yo dude, yo sop. My jaw dropped. What's up, bros? I thought it was good. I was just caught a little off guard by it. It was very, uh, it was it doesn't very take casual. Much. It was very casual. I'm a casual guy. I'm, just, I'm doing this podcast naked. Oh, well, then let's start with you, Chris. How are you doing this week? A little chilly. <laughs> <laughs> sticky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm good. Why sticky? <laughs> well, I'm in a leather chair, so actually a little bit. Uh, ah. yeah, there we go. I'm good. Good. It's uh, gonna go to New York tomorrow for a music festival to meet up with my brother. Haven't been big, to New York before. The Big Easy. No, I that's, think it's called the incorrect. Windy City. It's it's the Windy Easy, guys. The Orange Juice Capital. <laughs> yeah, so uh, New York, right in the dead center of Middle America. Tell us yeah, about it. Absolutely. <laughs> Fly over oh, state. I'm, I'm I'm excited. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. Some good bands. Gonna see uh, Animal Collective, Cut Copy, uh, Japan Droids. Which I mean is strange. I'm excited to see Japan Droids, given that I'm from Vancouver, but I've actually never seen them before. Actually, a correction is that you're from Toronto. Shut up. The big smoke. <laughs> uh, am I to assume that you're going to the Governor's Ball? Is that what you're going to? Uh, that is correct. Yeah, but I'm only going for one day, whereas Tristan's going for all three days. Ah, I see. Mm. And I'm going to spend one day just uh, you know, walking around the city, taking some photos, buying some records. Are you aware that my sister is friends with those guys from the Japan Droids? Yeah. I always think that's weird because in my mind, they're always like that band that was my sister's friends who were never going to make it because it was some band that my sister knew them. <laughs> As it turns out, very successful. Yeah, they're really good. They are really good. Yeah. No, uh, my friend Brian uh, played soccer with one of them for years, so... Everyone's got a connection to Japan Androids. Sporting connection. Yeah. Megan house sits one of their apartments when they go touring, apparently. Well, Brian uh, is godfather to their (laughs) club. Actually, Megan is the Japan Droids. (laughs) I'm their father. (laughs) Brian's their records. They they named one of their fish after me directly. (laughs) Patrick, how are you? Oh, I'm good. <laughs> Eat some couscous. It's pretty delicious. Ate a microwave hamburger. Somewhat less delicious. Yeah, that microwave hamburger was frightening looking to me. It was a frozen hamburger that uh, my girlfriend gave to Cameron, but Cameron was 
uncomfortable eating, but she was very excited about it, so we microwaved it and uh, split it three ways. But it all kind of fell into place. Now, because... when you say... Sorry, continue. Well, I was just going to say, because after she ate the hamburger, she turned to her sister, uh, who also refused to eat the hamburger, and said, all right, let's go home and eat our dinner now. Kale salad. So I think, knowing Emily, that she just wanted to eat some cheese and some meats, regardless of quality. It was low on the quality scale, I would say. <laughs> uh, normally, I'm a big fan of bacon, but the bacon tasted kind of like a dish rag, maybe. <laughs> now, a salty now, dish rag. When you first said this, I was assuming that what you meant was that you microwaved the hamburger patties. But now I'm thinking you got like one of those fully made burgers from like 7-Eleven or something that the whole thing goes into the microwave. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Oh, that's unfortunate. That is the, that is, I'm going to say that's just above spam. What about a canned, in terms of, what about a canned hamburger? Canned there, burger. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a canned burger. Thing. Wait, you don't like spam? That's like the national food of, uh, well, national state well, food. Well, I'm like a vegetarian, Hawaii. so. Well, I mean, you ate meat for many years. I never ate spam. Never? No. Oh, it's delicious. I don't think it is. No, it's really good. It is. My grandma used to make these Spam sandwiches. I didn't know what was in them. And then I heard that Weird Al song, Spam, and I thought Spam was gross and disgusting. When I found out that those sandwiches had Spam in them, I just went back to knowing that Spam was delicious. It's the 75th anniversary of Spam this year. Oh. What are we going to do? I saw we that there's some... a 75 anniversary edition Spam. Can. We should do a Spam cook-up to celebrate. Yeah, it'd be Welcome delicious. to What's the Deal, the only D-grade meat <laughs> review podcast. Spam is be at least Be sure a... <laughs> to rate us on iTunes. Spam is at least a B-grade meat. No, Spam is the lowest grade meat. I Regardless like... of what you think about it, I can't think of any type of meat that you could consider lower... A meat lower of a kind of meat than spam, it's 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 the bottom, it's spam. It's pretty good. It's delicious. Very salty. All right then. Every week now, Chris, in our little intro here, makes sure to do the joke. Welcome to what's the deal? He hijacks the intro and slots in whatever. Why don't we talk about last week's popular topic of conversation? Perfect. <laughs> Perfect Strangers cast. <laughs> I was going to say, I think last week's popular topic of conversation was topics that we've already done. Well, we're it's all new territory this week. By the way, a little bit more F you from last last week. Okay. Um, I should clarify something regarding Patrick's mother vis-a-vis Twitter. Uh-oh. And... It's not that I'm upset that your mom won't follow me. Uh, I have no problem with it. I don't know why anyone would follow me. It's that she blocks me from following her. I can't even follow your mom on Twitter. I didn't she know she blocked you. you. Were, you she, at, were you sending her a lot of like DMs or something? What were you doing? I didn't do anything. I tried to add her and said, this person will have to review this before you're added. Well, it's because her profile is sent think, to private, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I get it, but she won't. She won't review. She just doesn't know what your Twitter account is. It's the one that tried to add her. Maybe or follow you got her. caught in spam. 
I don't know. You want me to ask her about it? I'll ask her. Yeah, I got I got I got caught in some degrade meat. I'll ask I know her. Chris, I'll ask her about it. I don't cool. want your healing spurt. Well, because it's 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 all, all the time I'm hearing about this about the the the, the crazy tweets. Cameron, how are you doing? I'm glad you asked. I'm all right. Uh huh. My ear, I can't hear on my right ear very well right now. That's the. You only really need one ear. I mean, I guess so. I mean, if I had to lose half Love? my hearing or half my eyesight, I'd go with half my hearing. If you want to listen to early stereo mixes, it might be a problem because you know sometimes I've got like the guitar all in one channel. I'll just force it in into one. into one channel. Oh. You go with half your hearing over half. Your vision? Absolutely. Because if huh. I lost half my vision, I wouldn't have depth perception anymore. I know. I know. I know. Uh, I never thought about it. This I'm, seems like a ca- this seems like a classic Cameron question, too. It is, but I mean, I think there's an obvious You've never answer. done it. I don't know if it's obvious. It is. Chris, I mean, just it's walking would become a hassle. <laughs> but I mean, like, your, 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 your hearing is, 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 is essential to things like your balance and stuff like that. I think you'd figure it out. I think you'd figure it out with one eye. No. Can't drive anymore with one eye. That, no was, depth perception. that was my thought. Yeah, you probably could. You just can't. You, I think it's probably illegal. They probably I don't think it is. License. No, I, I think people with um, you know, one eye are able to get licenses. Well, why do they do the depth perception test <laughs> when you are getting your license? Then? Just to so make yeah, sure that you don't have a glass eye. Yeah, that's right. It might, so you can't drive drivers. with a glass eye, but no, you can but, drive yeah, with just one eye. Let's, let's take a look here. So while Chris is doing the uh, research... Siri, can I drive with one eye? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Siri's so unreliable. Man, if only you had Samsung Voice Assistant. Oh, I know. Google Now. Uh, I have some other news for you, though. Okay. So, you know, we love our fans. We love Felix. We love <laughs> Mike Sepial. We love, you know, let's just go ahead right through here right now while we're at it. Let's get the, the full list. <clears throat> so, we obviously like those guys. We're, we're also. I love big, your dad. Yeah, my dad. He's a great guy. Cause, I'm cause holding. Of, because of my robust friends list on on facebook it's sometimes hard to keep track of of all this information well okay in ontario okay you give us the eye information while ontario we do yes you can uh as long as your other eye is correctable to better than 2040 vision that's ontario let's check bc Should should I do this right yeah, now? Go should ahead. I do it? I'm 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 not you know I'm not there yet. So okay. I, I... So some other people, obviously Patrick, you're a good friend. David Ellison, mm-hmm. you know we appreciate his support. The, the, Mikey Seeps, yeah, what a good guy. M Seeps has been confirmed to be a soft C. Rob Tarswell, yeah, Rob Tarswell, that's Chris's friend. Kevin Skrepnik, the voice of the BC Fire Forest for, Forest Fire. Review on the news there. Mm-hmm. The prevailing winds are carrying the fire, uh, but our guys have set up a perimeter out there and they're taking care of it. Uh, Andre Peloquin. Are we just going to list all No, of these no, because look at this. We have some new names to pronounce because just this week, Tom. Okay, I'm going to try right now. 
Tommy Del Vocchio De Luca. Is that that's, not, right? that's not how you pronounce it, no. How do you say it? Del I don't Vecchio? know. I don't know that guy. Del Vecchio. Del Vecchio. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I wish that was my name. It's a good name. And then, Koshik Sivaji? I think it's Kaushik Sivaji. Sivaji. Kaushik... How? Sivaji. Well, either way, it's amazing. It's just pouring in. And do you think people who haven't liked us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter... Because there are, like... I would say the majority of the people who listen to the show do not do that. Do you think they count as fans? The people who do not follow us on Twitter or Facebook? But still listen to the show. Absolutely. They're still fans? They, well, I mean... If they want me to try and pronounce their name on the air, you better like us on Facebook or send us a message on Twitter because it's a guarantee, it's a guarantee I will read your message at some point and try to pronounce your name. Yeah, maybe they like our show but not Facebook. Well, we we got Twitter. Yeah, we got Twitter. Maybe, maybe they don't like maybe they were maybe they're hoping that we're going to have an app.net account which well, we don't have 50 bucks. Well, so. Patrick, Patrick, now. Patrick and I one. Patrick and I have app.net accounts yeah, if you, you want to follow send us, us a on app.net. I'm. I think I'm old Patrick A. Follow us on. It's Appnet. free. Yeah, if you get an invite. I mean, if you're cool. Yeah. Oh God. If, Stupid do you think, cool geeks. Do you think it's just that all those other fans really want to network with us on LinkedIn? They probably do. Yeah. We got to get that LinkedIn account going. I keep. I have a LinkedIn. I have no idea how to get into it. I just keep getting spammed you're linked out. I'm linked out. I get. I keep. It's like oh. Billy Bob would like to be friends with you on LinkedIn. I'll know I can't because I don't want to and I don't know how. So stop. So in this week's episode of Seinfeld, the letter, Jerry is stating Keener. Catherine Keener. And she's an artist, but an artist with a jealous streak. And she has put her jealousy crosshairs over Elaine. Meanwhile, George feels that he is forced to purchase a piece of art that he cannot afford, and Kramer poses for some art and gets hit in the head with a baseball. All this and more in this week's episode of Seinfeld. Easy to be. Um, so, uh, the episode starts with a monologue. And you know, no one can escape Jerry Seinfeld's <laughs> skewered barbs this week. <laughs> Look out, uh, art gallery security guards. Jerry's coming for you. He's he's relentless. So, do you think art security guards are paid well? Uh, I feel like they're paid more than minimum wage, but not that well. Because... Do you think they're paid more than mall cops? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Do you think they have an art degree? No. No. Yes. No. <laughs> I Okay, I have to say, Jerry Seinfeld's picture of art gallery um, security guards is totally different from mine. Because I find in the art gallery, you know, I'll be, I'll be looking at the art. And, you know, if it's like a sculpture, sometimes they've got that tape around the sculpture where mm-hmm. you can only get so close. I get, you know, I tow, tow that line. I get right up to it. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, like, lean over and look, you know, check it out from all angles. But that security guard, he's laser-focused on me. See, that's the thing. So, last summer, uh, I had the good fortune to go to perhaps 
the most famous art museum in the world. I went to the Louvre. The Louvre. Yes. Very good. (laughs) And while I was there, I never really saw any art guards who were intimidating. Like, if I had my heart set on destroying some art or stealing some art, I probably could have done it. Was it because they were all wearing berets? They were not. I bet they were. Were they all smoking cigarettes? Did they all have stupid mustaches? No, no, none of that. Yep. They were yep. just regular people. But the thing was that they, they didn't look tough. But if you were sort of a law, if you were a law abiding sort of person constrained by the rules of society where you know you're not supposed to touch the painting, you won't because the intense browbeating you get from them at a distance was amazing. And you got so close. Like many times I thought, like, wow, I'm so close. I could reach up and just like try and touch this painting. I could I don't know if I didn't have a box cutter, but if I had had a box cutter, I could have just like, I don't know, cut some, cut a, cut a canvas right in half, mm-hmm. cut up a Matisse. Although my father, in the museum, he I did th- have a box cutter. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's only one rule in a museum, really, and there's like one prime rule. It's uh, Lucy, stop scratching that box. All right, I fixed that problem by making more noise. One prime problem. Oh, I was, there's, kind, of, there's one I was rule. kind of excited that the rule was like a, a musical rule. <laughs> it's a G chord. I think the one rule is probably don't touch the art. If there's anything, you know, get as close as you want. You know, they probably don't want you breathing on it or anything, but just don't touch. But all along the halls of the Louvre, the Musée d'Orsay, you pick it. Wherever my father was, you'd hear these French words. Ne touchez pas! Ne touchez pas! Because my dad can't help himself and was touching everything. <laughs> he was, like, touching the canvas? Uh, we were in... Wait, in what? In the Louvre, there's this big section. You know, it's a huge, huge building. And there's a section for, like, ancient Egyptian art. There were these carvings, hauled out of Cairo from God knows where, how old... And it's kind of like monkeys or something with a see no evil. And one of them has their hands kind of out in front of them. And there's my dad right over the velvet rope, kind of giving it like the double high five onto (laughs) both of its outstretched hands. This thing is ancient. Thousands of years old. And he just reaches out. It was mortifying. It's people like your father that make it so that the museums only show replicas of the dinosaur bones. I mean, I don't know. They're too valuable. I don't know what my dad would do with the bone, and probably gnaw on it or something. <laughs> ne mangez pas, ne mangez no. pas. He'd pull two rib bones out and then play on a femur <laughs> like it's a xylophone. Yeah, like it's the Flintstones. Like I was and he'd be shocked. like, "You have a dad, but you, son." <laughs> like, right now, your dad. Right now, I'm just picturing your dad as some ridiculous Clark Griswold character. <laughs> slash, slash Fred Flintstone. I can't imagine that. Like I, I. I don't, even, the I don't know what I would do. I don't know. I mean, like, so I don't think he ever reached out and touched any paintings. But anything that wasn't a painting, he touched it. Uh, like, you know, I don't know, like, 10,000-year-old chair. Have a sit. <laughs> like, it was ridiculous. And I got to so imagine. So he got a lot of Natusha Pa. Oh, yes. But how, how come it's not just a one-strike rule? Yeah, kick him out. But no, he stayed in. 
if I well, were... It is, it is the French. You know, they basically surrendered to your dad. So... <laughs> you're hoping we'll cut that one out, huh? Oh, I like that one. <laughs> um, in Not the next... Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, but speaking of art... Ne touchez pas! In the next scene, Kramer is being painted by Catherine Keener. He's making a lot of facial expressions as she's painting. I don't know how she picks one. <laughs> he kind of comes across to me as a psycho in this scene. Yeah, he seems crazy. He's Do you want like, me to hit... take my clothes off? Yeah, Why don't you take off yours? <laughs> like You can't <laughs> yeah. see, but over here I'm just making crazy face. Yeah, I don't know what it is. He's he's really weird in this scene. Um, but it's a really quick scene. Um, I don't think he's being particularly weird in what he's saying. I think, like, you know, it's Kramer, it's a goofy situation, and he's just... I think that he's been pretty harmless flirting. What's weird about it is that he knows he's flirting with Kira's girlfriend. That's the only thing that's weird to me about it. Yeah, it's weird. You don't flirt with someone else's girlfriend. It just all comes across very strange. Um, although, to that degree, he is probably the most Kramery Kramer right now. Yeah. He seems like authentic Kramer to me. Well, I mean, this painting that she produces is representative of Kramer like throughout Seinfeld. Like, this, this painting is iconic. Absolutely. What I don't understand is how she did such a good job. Look at her other paintings. She sucks. Well, I mean, you mean because the other ones are abstract expressionism? No, because the other ones are bad. Well, have you seen her try to do any other portraits? There's one in the background. It's not as good. Well, maybe this is her, uh, this is her, uh, uh, masterpiece, you know? It is. It does, actually, I never thought about that, but it is completely out of style with the rest of her strange, I don't know, cave paintings. And there are some portraits in the background of her, of her studio, and they're not nearly as good or similar. Um, Regardless. Yeah. Um, I, suppose I, I suppose I can suspend disbelief on this. Okay. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. Uh, so in the next scene, uh, George, he's coming out of the bathroom. He hates the button fly. But you know what? Jerry loves it. Patrick, how do you feel about the button fly? Wearing one right now. I love it. I love the button fly. You know what I love? I love that the fly never gets, you know, you never surprise and your fly's down. You know, it's secure. It is. It's really secure. Plus, I love you go to the bathroom, just rip. Yeah. It's open. It's easy. Okay. Now, I only ever had one button fly in my life. And Cameron, for some reason, I feel like you're going to know this, but... I know where this is going. <laughs> but I, I I, just got fed up with having to do the buttons all the time. I just left the middle one undone all the time. Yep. What? <laughs> I don't know why I knew that Cameron would know that. Because um, I remember asking you about why your fly was always undone. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, um, if there's one that you would leave open, why would it be the dead middle? Because that wait, meant... Wait, wait, that, wait. So you did up the other buttons? You just didn't do up the middle one? Well, it was... No, it was just it was just like... It was like bottom, middle, top. And so bottom was always done up. Middle was always, you know, free as a bird. 
And then the bo- the top one was the you know the access button. So how much was... how much time are you saving by not doing? I felt like buttons? it was a lot, like a lot of time. You know, I do up the buttons on my button fly. I don't even notice them. You know, like I do it. It's totally muscle memory. Like yeah, I'm everyone not... says it takes a long time, but it doesn't. Yeah. Okay. I, like, I I'm but... not thinking about putting these buttons in. Maybe when I was. Uh, eight years old or something and got my first button fly gene it was a problem what is this like becoming a man yeah, when I was eight, <laughs> so i wasn't trusted with things like that when i was eight i was i was i was i had velcro shoes till like high school just yeah. last summer yeah see uh, cameron will attest to this as well um but even regular flies i'm i'm notorious for not doing up the fly yep uh, that bar door and that barn door the latch is broken. Um, so we also learn in the scene that George, he doesn't get art. Um, so, you know, the way that George puts it, it's kind of hard to be completely sympathetic with it. But I kind of think that there's a sense here that I understand. It's hard to be around people who are like intense artists, especially people who are like completely absorbed into their own art world because they are such like intensely passionate people and they almost always speak to you as if you have understood and interpreted their art in the correct way and you can't help but feel like you just have to kind of say "Uh uh-huh and be very careful about what you say like you might say the wrong thing at any moment and reveal to them that you are uncultured yeah, I find also if you know someone that knows a lot about art history, it can be a little intimidating. Like, oh, I like this one. I wonder why I did it that way. And then there's like this complicated explanation. Yeah, whatever. And then I feel really like, like maybe I shouldn't have been surprised at that thing that is iconic of a whole movement, you know? <laughs> yeah, whenever I get into these kind of conversations, I mean, there's a lot of nodding and stuff, but mostly it's a lot of realizing just how much class I skip because I go to art school and I've taken all these classes and I'm I'm still I'm still there with George it's right there when Chris is like oh yeah I love impressionist art yeah well who do you like really leaves an impression huh huh I really like uh, you know uh yeah the French guy you know It's got that painting with the people by the lake. That lake. <laughs> um, so, uh, back to this from- day, every time I want to remember, okay, I know it's Surat now, but every time <laughs> for like a long time, I was like, who did that freaking painting with the pointillism? The I'm one just that like, was in Ferris Bueller. Ferris, I, was just, I always just Google Ferris Bueller painting. Did you Ferris know, Bueller paint that? He did. <laughs> You know, you actual know, Cameron painted it. I saw that painting. It's pretty sweet. It's Where really did you big. see it? Uh, the Art Institute of Chicago. It's in their, like, permanent collection. It's ah, the Pant City. <laughs> uh, it's really huge. It's great. Is it? Yeah, it's, like, the uh, size of a wall. Maybe, like, 10 feet by 20 feet. You know what's funny? Like Being surprised by the size of paintings, the Mona, the Lisa, Mona Lisa is tiny. Yeah. Hmm. It is so small. It's like a postage stamp. And you can only get... Like within about ten feet of it, everything else there. Good honestly, news for your dad. Yeah, 
<laughs> but like seriously, you know, you know, we talked about how I felt like I could get so close that I could destroy the art. This one, I felt like even if I sprinted at it, I probably would be tired before I got to the Mona Lisa to, to try and do anything to it. So does the Mona Lisa have a dedicated uh, guard? Oh, multiple. Uh, so do you, how many times a day do you think they hear, it's so small, c'est si petit? Um, I, bet in, I bet in French they don't hear it that often, because I bet the people of France have already gone there and are aware that it's small. Um, but everyone else probably shows up, and yeah, it's it's small. Besides, what is it called in French, Patrick? What is the French name for the Mona Lisa? I don't know. La Jaconde. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think I learned that from uh, that Dan Brown book. <laughs> uh, you could also... See, right here, from... this, whole, this, whole, this whole thing back... Uh, I'm right here with George in this whole thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, the Jaconde. Patrick oh, talking about that, that high art of Dan Brown. <laughs> yeah. So so um, back to the art studio. Uh, what's her name? Nina. Nina. Uh, Nina. Nina. Very. I guess she thinks she's being subtle. Like asks about Elaine and like what's her deal and you know. Uh, obviously, she's extremely jealous of Elaine. Uh, and the scene is really uncomfortable. Um, it's funny how good Catherine Keener's acting is in the scene when Kramer is just making strange facial expressions and she's trying to have like a really kind of like uh, like subtle emotional acting here. What's uh, f- it's funny because it's Seinfeld, so I've accepted so much in the world that Kramer and all those other people that's the normal of that world. So in my mind, it's almost like Catherine Keener's acting strangely. Yeah. <laughs> What is this person? What is this emotion she's trying to, to display? It's not it's a not, Kramer emotion. It's not anger or... Hunger? Hunger. <laughs> what is it? Um, and so then there's a cut to the outside of the apartment, and Jerry and George are arriving at the apartment. Jerry is... Uh, or George is nervous to meet Jerry's girlfriend. He feels like it's a lot of pressure, like an implied friend. And also, he's worried about being tricked into buying art. It's a big deal meeting a girlfriend. Really? Is it? Sometimes. Well, what if... A, I don't think it is. B, they meet a new girlfriend every week on this show. That's true. That is true. I think in real life, though. Yeah, because what if you're really close friends with this person, and then they have a terrible girlfriend or boyfriend? Yeah. I don't know what that's that's like. (laughs) Are you sure? No. (laughs) Are you sure? Well, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Easy to be. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, and George feels like he's going to be tricked into buying a painting. Do you notice that this artist, as we'll call her, um, because her, that's what she is. Her father seems to... Well, you see, I'm hesitant because the implication later in the episode is that she just seems to be jumping from career to yeah, career. she's like a dilettante. Yeah, you know, a sort of uh, jack-of-all-trades, if you will. A renaissance she's a, man. She's, she's, or a flake. she's a flaky art student. All right, so she's a bit of a Chris Young. Mm-hmm. and There we go. But her dad seems to be fairly well off. Am I, am I incorrect in this? Um, well, he uh, accounted for the Yankees, so yeah, I'd say that's pretty Yeah, and well it sounds like he's kind of subsidizing her lifestyle. Do you notice that the windows are, like, blacked out in her building? That they've been, like, 
banged it out completely. Art is a dark place, Cameron. <laughs> you have to go to dark places. Uh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, when they're talking in the hallway, the window behind them is painted out. It's well, strange. it's one of these artists' Brooklyn lofts or something. I know, but blah, blah, blah. I kind of have a romanticized ideal of about like the sort of artist Brooklyn loft or basement suite where you don't control the heating and it's freezing all the time. Mm-hmm. Piano pot. Yeah, like uh, this is embarrassing. I can't think of her name right now. She was one of the uh, Pizza Island cartoonists, Julia Wirtz. Mm-hmm. Uh, she drew a comic about her apartment, and all it was talking about was about how it was so small, kind of uncomfortable, too hot or too cold, and just generally terrible. And I looked down and I was like, man, that must be great. <laughs> yeah. You know, actually, uh, John Roderick, the guy from like The Long Winters, on his podcast, he talked about how he lived in this loft in Seattle. And it was like kind of like it was a converted warehouse and just sort of split up. And he slept, it, like, had no bathroom, so he would pee into four-gallon, or, like, two-gallon-sized milk jugs <laughs> and leave them under his, like, lofted bed, and, like... This sounds like Merlin Man's type of friend. And so, like, next to, like, it was next to the Seattle police station, and so apparently, like, when he was fill, had filled these milk jugs, he would just huck them into their parking lot. <laughs> no way. <laughs> But it's funny, as bad as that sound, I was like, that sounds pretty sweet. Yeah. No, because yeah, it was Seattle. Got your, own, got your own urine depository. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I totally understand, like, romanticizing it. Even when people specifically tell you it was terrible. Um, You're like so- the girl from that pulp song. Common Pardon? people. Oh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um... Because you think that poor is cool. Yeah. Um, Patrick, your apartment's huge. It is. It's really huge. Cameron, so is yours for that matter. You both have cars. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. So you live in the ghetto. Big deal. (laughs) Um, We like slumming. Um, So so anyway, uh, George ends up getting tricked into buying a painting Um, almost immediately yeah it's amazing how quickly he gets roped into it number one he's worried about it jerry's line completely sets this up and then kramer makes it way worse you're gonna buy a painting george they know he doesn't have a job yeah Yeah, but kramer does that sort of thing all the time yeah um like like it's it's the exact same thing as it's like well jerry i'll loan you the money you can move in yeah totally (laughs) Um, so, yeah, so he, he ends up, bu- like, buying this painting, and, uh, Nina, she was supposed to give, uh, go to a ball game with Jerry, uh, but then there was some problem, Jerry had to go to town for a show or something, so she gives the tickets to George, and I guess Kramer, and they, uh, they're gonna go to the ball game. They're, uh, the owner's seats pretty nice it is nice so uh the next scene is in the ball game they come down they sit in the second row you ever been to a ball game uh never a major league ball game i would though probably be fun it is i went to a mariners game a couple times i'm gonna try and go again this year Mm -hmm. mariners blue jays 
When's the game? Uh, they play in August. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Right now? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Okay. Um. All right. Fine. I'm looking at the Curbcast webpage. Oh, <laughs> uh, why? Because they got a webpage now. You know they went with one of these trendy .co domains. They've had a webpage for many months, like well, six months. I never noticed. Why do we keep giving all this free press to Curbcast? <laughs> I would censor it out, but we're not allowed to have censored bleeps if we don't have the. Uh, we're adult full of content. We're full of envy. Let's just no, we're not. Those guys suck. Uh, They're also Rans. Oh, it is responsive. Oh, but I recognize this responsive script. I think they're using What are you doing? Why are you you looking at this? They're using Squarespace. Oh, cool. Uh, um, So anyway. Use the code DANSENTME6. So yeah, so they're sitting at the ball game. They're sitting in the second row. Uh, Elaine is wearing a Baltimore Orioles hat. And also, she was supposed to be at her boss's bris, but she lied and said her her boss's son's bris. (laughs) I was about to say. And, uh, but she lied and said her father was sick. So they've got, they've got tickets to this ball game, uh, and they start, uh, walking down to sit in the second row. Uh, Elaine is really excited, partly because it's a ball game and partly because she's playing hooky on her boss's son's bris. And she lied and said her father was sick, so she didn't have to go. You ever use uh, family as an excuse? Yeah. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> Who could forget that story? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think I have a good example of that. See, I've actually had real-world family emergencies recently, and I've had to go away. And I'm always worried that people think that it's one of those fake ones. Mm-hmm. Of course, unlike Chris Young, there's never any sort of implication that family members have been charged with sexual crimes. Mm-hmm. That's good. <laughs> um, well, you gotta, it's big lie theory, you know? Oh, my, you know, my grandma's in the house sick, you know? Uh, yeah, BS. You're just playing hooky. What? Your brother is a degenerate? And you told us? I can't be. Something you made up the other I day. Feel like, I feel like <laughs> can't be. I, it has to be true. <laughs> it has to be true. I feel like maybe at the Staples they just don't care that much. They cared. Um, so also, uh, they meet Nina's dad, and he is not pleased that uh, Elaine is wearing that Baltimore Orioles cap. So, what is the right etiquette in this situation? So, to explain a little bit further, Elaine is wearing an Orioles cap, but they are at a Yankees game. Now, they're sitting in the owner's seats, second row, not first, as George points out. Um, And so, Nina's father asks Elaine to take the hat off, and he says he's serious. What does the etiquette say you have to do in this situation, Chris? Do you keep the cap on, or well, do you wait. take it off? Okay, it's it wasn't clear to me. Are they playing the Orioles? I think so. I think so too. Okay. Now, I mean, there's stock footage of baseball happening, but I didn't pay attention to who was playing. Now, I have not ever been to a baseball game. I've not been to any professional sporting <laughs> events, um, and yet I feel like Elaine was in the wrong here. I think. It's the owner's seats. She got them for free. She shouldn't show up. 
and troll. What I think is that... I think Elaine's in the wrong as well, but I think Elaine was okay to wear the hat, but if the guy says, could you take off the hat, please? Just, you know. take, just take the hat off. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I, th- like, I, d- I don't think she was in the wrong for thinking it would be okay to wear the hat there. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't know. Like, if you got tickets to go see the Canucks and you were, like, in the... Yes, I'll take the, them. Yeah. And if you were, like, in the owner's, like, you know, the box and everything and the, the camera's flashing on you and you went with your friend and your friend decided that they were going to wear a freaking like, uh, you know, flame Minnesota wild Jersey. And do you think that would be like funny? Do you think it'd be acceptable? You'd be horrified. You probably wouldn't even go with them. You'd probably say, stop. I'd probably let them go. To be honest, it's a sports game. The two teams are playing. People wear the jerseys, but I tell you what, if someone came up and said, you know, I don't think that this is okay. I would expect the other person to take it off and not have a problem with that because they got free tickets to the owner's box. Yeah. Hey, why is it that there's like an owner's box and these tickets are like in regular seats? Shouldn't they be in a box somewhere? I think in baseball, box seats are not prestigious. Yeah, because you want want the seat close to the plate, right? Oh, so it's like like, uh, in a baseball or basketball game on the the floor seats. Yeah, you want to be near the bench. Because the thing with hockey is that you need a bit of an elevated view to see the whole arena. So even though seats right down by the boards are expensive, that's that's where they're priciest, they're more expensive from the box seats because it's also like your own contained little apartment in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always thought that'd be cool. Same with like a football game. You got those high seats. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So cause is a bit of a scandal. Yeah. And eventually, uh, you know, Elaine is, is angry. This accountant dude... Nina's dad is angry. He calls over security. Elaine has to, has to leave. And, you know, George, he's still pretty thrilled. Not as thrilled as the first row, but pretty thrilled about these seats. They're nice seats. Doesn't want to leave, but, you know, feels like he has to for solidarity with Elaine. They're kicked out. And Kramer gets fiend. Do you think this is a studio set? Or do you think they're at, like, a Los Angeles stadium? I don't think that's a studio set. I think they have a real stadium. Eh, there's somewhere with the bleachers. Yeah, how expensive can it be to shoot for half a day in LA at uh, a stadium? Not too expensive, but they're also shooting on like a pretty substantial lot. It's it, I don't know. This could be like a high school. Yeah, I'll, yeah. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if their back lot had a stadium seat. Like yeah. It, so I mean, I, yeah, in that, sitcoms, that was like imagine how often like there's this thing where they're at a sports game and have to, you know, have a chat. Well, and I yeah. think it's either next. I think it's next season when Jerry dates Miss Rhode Island. They're at the ball game again, and I think it's the exact same oh, seats. Yeah. yeah, maybe maybe it is a backlot. I have no idea. So let me ask you this: Elaine is thrown out of the ball game. Is George allowed to stay, or does he have to go with her? I mean, she took off his hat and threw it out into the out into the bleacher somewhere. I think George could have stayed, because Elaine was in the wrong here. If Elaine had been doing, like, if Elaine had truly been doing nothing wrong, then I think it would be on him to leave. But, but I mean, yeah. also, if your friend just, like, expects it of you, and you want to maintain that friendship, mm-hmm. you gotta go. Yeah, it depends. What would you do, Chris? Would you stay or would you go? In this situation? 
Yeah. I would stay. So yeah. they're dragging Patrick, kicking and screaming up the stairs. And he's like, come oh. on, Chris, let's go. Oh, oh Patrick. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Patrick, I'd probably, I'd probably go. You know, I don't really care about baseball. But, like, in this situation, I'm thinking I'm George. And the person being hauled off is Elaine. And, you know, I'm not even trying to sleep with Elaine. So, no, I'd stay. Well, I'm glad you talked your logic Do you think George made the right choice by going? I mean, I don't want to be on the receiving end of Elaine's wrath. That's that's a big part of the decision. I think he should have stayed. I mean, Elaine Elaine took his hat and threw it into the field. George was like, oh, just take off the hat. What's the big deal? And she's been crazy. I I would stay. You're never going to get those seats again. Um, so at the very end of the scene, I think he's trying to retrieve George's hat, but Kramer's beamed. Yeah, he just <laughs> looks smoked. pretty badly. Um, you so, think they had like a foam ball or something to dig yeah, him in the head with? Yeah, something like that. It's probably no. It was, uh, they had a baseball player out <laughs> in the field, and they just they hit pop flies until one of them just knocked Kramer out. Um, yeah, seventeen so, takes. Yeah, Michael Richards wanted the authenticity. That's right. So the next scene, they're in the apartment. Kramer's got a head bandage. They look at the paper. Elaine's on the front page of the sports section for having caused a commotion. It's it's quite a mess. Yeah. Have you ever been in the paper, guys? No, never. Well, maybe. I can't remember. I don't not that I can remember. Maybe like the local little paper. I had a picture of me in the newspaper when I was like four. Mm-hmm. I still have the newspaper clipping. What I was making a doing? weird face. Oh. I was taking uh, swimming lessons at the uh, at the pool. There's a really great photo of my younger brothers that was on like the front page of the local paper. Um, they're about two years old. They're both sitting on Santa's lap. And they're both screaming, crying, and this is the cover. It's pretty is great. Is that the Vernon News? Vernon Daily News, yeah. Mm-hmm. A now defunct paper, but uh, it was good in its prime. You're missing quite a thrill, Chris. You got to get in the newspaper. I know. I'm trying. I mean, at this point, if anyone's going to be in a newspaper, I guess it's you. Yeah, definitely. Out of the three of us. Until, of yeah. course, what's the deal blows up even further. Then there'll be all three of us. What's the deal with success? <laughs> Local podcast earns millions. <laughs> uh, I think I would keep podcast that. to earn millions. Yeah, I take a I take a clipping of that. Yeah. Um, so I tweet uh, that. The next scene, Elaine's at work, uh, and she is so nervous to meet with her boss because, you know, she lied to get out of this bris. And, uh, I don't know. It is not, it is not uh, a good situation for her. Now, in the scene, we have the real Mr. Lippman, which is nice. Um, but one of the things I was struck by in this scene is the art in his room. He's got the big, like, old CBC butterfly or the MSNBC butterfly. And behind Elaine, Chris, I don't know if you're uh, scrubbing through this right now. Elaine, there's this piece of art on the wall behind her, and it just looks like a maze. Like like a children's maze. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <clears throat> looks crap. I could solve that maze five minutes. <laughs> now, 
I actually uh, had Justin open up <laughs> uh, Google Goggles and try and see if it would recognize that image, but Did I would not. see what happened is this is this whole thing about being worried about the art the art world. I didn't want to appear uncultured talking about this, and I'm still a little nervous right now. Mm. Like it's uh, a Kandinsky. Yeah, I mean it's definitely not Kandinsky. Could be. No, it's it's, it's all wrong. But maybe it's his early. It's early work. It's the wrong. It's the wrong elements. He's got those like very distinct lines and the dots. All right. Yes, you'd look like a double idiot. Oh no. <laughs> um, but that was the thing. I was nervous, so I had Justin taking pictures of it just in case it was something famous. I now suspect it's basically like that uh, bulk IKEA art. Yeah, I I think they've got. Uh, in their warehouse, they've got a whole warehouse full of art for decorating sets. And the set decorator just finds things that they find funny. Pop them up there. Um, and so this meeting, Elaine just... She tries to steal the sports section. Mr. Lipman really wants it for going on the plane. She doesn't manage it. She's doomed. Uh, so the next scene, we're in Nina's art studio. There are these, like, caricaturish, like, broad caricature rich people who are really amazed. <laughs> oh, the, uh, the Manhattan socialites? Yeah, really amazed by this painting of Kramer. One of them has, but, like, does, does one of them even have, like, a monocle or something? Uh, if he doesn't, he might as well have. Uh, like yeah, no, he's got like a bow tie. He's wearing like a tuxedo or something. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's wearing yeah. a tuxedo. His wife, yeah. she's probably wearing fur. These are some three-dimensional characters. Yeah, it's it's quite a thing, and they they just love this painting. And also, Jerry comes over. He breaks up with Nina. He does, and with a bit of fire. Yeah, well, he he doesn't uh, like how upset she is about. Uh, but that That's line, funny. oh, that line about, like, well, I stay friends with people who I was friends with. I yeah. like that. Nice one. It's a good one. Take that. <laughs> yeah, Nina. I would never have the brass to say something like that, but I bet it felt good in the moment. Yeah. Although he didn't really look like he was owning it. He didn't really look like he was as angry as her. But once again, I think that might be the two actors. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, she's a much better actor than him. So Come on. Um, I don't know what you're talking about, Cameron or Patrick. So, uh, as Jerry's leaving, furious, Nina mentions that the painting is $500. She hands it all framed for Jerry to take and give to George. What is the most you would pay for that painting? Zero dollars. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take it if someone gave it to me. What if Chris painted it for you, like as a gift? As a gift, and he gave it to you. I guess then I would take it. If it had yeah. some sentimental value like that. Where would you put it? Nowhere. Closet. Behind another painting. <laughs> yeah. Behind the toilet. Um, yeah, so in the apartment, George is very... What? It's a key topic I want to talk about here. Oh, okay. Now, Nina says that Jerry just has to be friends with everyone. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there's some sort of societal rule that you are obligated to try and be friends with an ex? Absolutely. Oh, uh, no. I have I haven't spoken to any ex in a very long time. 
if my life goes according to plan, I will never speak to any of them again. I will never see them. Occasionally, I'll get a like Facebook friend request. I click that ignore button. Mm. Chris? I'm friends with some, not friends with others. There's no obligation. Depends on how, depends on how you end it. Depends on how... Depends on lots of things. There's no obligation. I'm telling you that much right now. Especially if it, if it's if it's a, if it's a harsh if it's a a swift cut, you know I don't want to see you anymore because you suck. You don't have to be friends with them. Mm-mm. But if it's a you know if it's a mutual thing or if it's you know not not too bad of a breakup, you know, it's yeah. possible. Yeah, if you had, I could see if you just had something where one of you had to move, but it was early yeah. enough in the relationship you're not gonna see that. Yeah, yeah. sure, stay friends. Yeah. But there's no obligation. No. I think there's never an obligation to be friends with anyone. No See, that's, what that's the, the idea. That's 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 the thing, right? Like you don't, you you got to be able to sever ties. Yeah. And I mean, this is the thing that I think is funny about this episode. That Nina's like, you got to be friends with everyone. Yeah. What does she know? Jerry's got Elaine as the one girl who he dated, who he continues to be friends with. He cuts ties with everybody else. And we never see them again, for the most part. Mm-mm. Yeah. Nina, you don't know Jerry. Nina doesn't know anything. Um, yeah, so... The next scene... George is upset by the cost of the painting. Kramer is still quite out of sorts. He calls George Mike. Uh, <laughs> and Nina has left Jerry a note. Now, it's been a while since we talked about fashion on this show, but I was struck by the contrasting image of Jerry Seinfeld's tucked-in big polo shirt and George's completely hanging-out shirt. Mm -hmm. Neither style looked very good. Well, they were both too big. They were swimming in them. Yeah. They were enormous. They're like that enormous shirt that Elaine was wearing in one of those early episodes. (laughs) The deal, I think. Um... So I'll say this right now. Getting a letter from an ex is never a good thing. Like, I, yes. I, got, a, I got a letter once from a girl Horrible. who I didn't actually, I mean, I don't know if she's listening to our podcast, but we never even went out. Like, we, we literally never went on any dates. She didn't even like us on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. How tight could we really be? Yeah. But then I got this letter. I was moving uh, to Victoria, and I got this letter one day in the mail from her. And it was heart-wrenching. Oh, really? Did you tell me about this? I feel like I heard this story, but I don't remember it. I may or may not have, but it was just this very emotional letter about all these things that she kind of perceived to have happened between us and all these things, and I didn't know what to do with it. I mean, my first instinct was to burn it Mm -hmm. because it was there was just so much emotion in it that I actually felt guilty. I felt incredibly guilty just reading this letter. That you'd uh, ignored these feelings? That I had done something. That I had done something wrong. Mm-hmm. So I, in some ways, I think the letter is almost an effective tool. It's more effective than the heart-to-heart because it, it kind of worms its way into your mind. Well, you know, Cameron, you're not responsible for other people's feelings. <laughs> the more I don't, know. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it is... Uh, 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 more effective than the heart to heart. I oh, think. No. no, I think it's 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 it's. It's true uh, though. The heart to heart 
Like, if you get that letter, I probably wouldn't have read that letter. Have you ever gotten a letter, Patrick? Yeah. And? I read it. And? <laughs> what was what was the emotional impact? It was very effective. But, you know, if you're in that same room, you can't escape. <laughs> you know, you see their face. You'll be haunted by their face. You can, but you know what? It's just like, when that other person's not there, you're kind of filling in all this stuff. And all of a sudden, it's just like... You're the monster. You can't see their puffy, swollen, crying face. Yeah, you can almost hear, like, the movie adaptation and the narrator reading that story. It is. It's very dramatic. You're reading it, and it's like, all of a sudden, like, Ryan Gosling's playing you. She's Rachel McAdams before they broke up. It's devastating. Yeah, Yeah, this letter, and I mean, this letter is pretty... This letter that Jerry gets from Nina is pretty effective, you know? Okay, but this is the thing... I don't understand about this scene. This letter shouldn't be effective. This letter should be like exhibit A that this is a crazy person and that you're totally right to break up with them. Uh, if I got this letter from anybody, I'd be like, damn, dodged a bullet. Chris. Women be crazy. Chris. Yeah. If you want me, then you fight for me. I want I'm happiness. Sure as okay. hell fighting for you. <laughs> it's crazy talk. Yeah, um, it's it's. And he's like, I've, I've never got a letter like this before. Yeah, but you know, well, you know, she, she says it... she wants to smash his face, but she loves him. I don't know what you expect to find out there, Jerry. You know what you want better than me, but there's one thing I do know. I know I can stand here watching you destroy everything I've ever wanted in my life. Wanting to smash your face with my fist because you won't make even the slightest effort to offer happiness and still know that I love you. You mean so much to me that I'm willing to take all your abuse and insults and insensitivity. Crazy that's person. that's what you need to do to prove I'm not going to leave you. I'm sick and tired of running from places and people and relationships. You want me? Then fight for me. Because I'm sure as hell fighting for you. Yeah, uh huh. Like a poet. No, like a crazy ex-girlfriend. It's like that scene in Wayne's World, where <laughs> where 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 Stacy's like, she's like, you know, Wayne, if you're not careful, you're gonna lose me. He's like, I lost you six months ago. We broke up, and she just doesn't get it. But you know, this may not have worked on you, Chris, but it worked on Jerry and on Kramer and on Kramer. Jerry and Nina are going on a date. And on James Bond. The, ne- the next scene, we see Jerry and Nina. They're back together. You know, they're joking around. Jerry loves the posse. But Elaine yeah. talks up. We see that Nina's still quite jealous of Elaine. She, she really is. She gives her quite the cold shoulder. Yeah, she's horrible. I mean, I, I have right down here that she's terrible. And that yeah. she's awful with Elaine. And that if Jerry's main issue is the jealousy... That isn't going away. I was going to say, it's only intensified. And I mean, come on, James Caan? I like that part. It's funny because I'm looking at the poster, actually. I'm looking at the poster for Chapter 2 right now. James Caan looks like... We're not at this part of the... the, We haven't made this revelation yet, have we? Okay, yeah, well, just uh, if you haven't watched the episode for some reason and are listening to the show... It's revealed that this scene, that that letter, was stolen from the movie Chapter 2. Anyhow, I'm looking at the poster for Chapter 2. James Caan looks the exact same. Just, his hair's dark. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's aged well. <laughs> um, so, so Chris, can I critique your photo? Yeah. This, you need a contraction on the its. God damn it! I wasn't sure. I'm never sure with its. So yeah, well, it it it's short for it is in this case use the apostrophe. Yeah, but, but, but possessive this... you don't use the apostrophe. Yeah, see, yeah, I don't so. understand why. Well, I know there's, I know, no, I know there's possessive. One. But mm-hmm. it's true though that most possessives uh, do have an apostrophe. Yeah, I know there's one. Well, unless the last name is like say yeah. Jones, in yeah. which case you. But even an then, that's a style guide afterwards. thing. That's not necessarily true. That's just a style guide thing. But well, either in way, this case that's a rule. It, with an it. Possessive has, has no apostrophe. Right, I'll change it. God damn it. Um, this grammar lesson is brought to you by What's the Deal Show. Regardless, do you like it? .com. It's, it's amazing. Um, yeah. So, uh, the next scene. You as, hate it. As I, as I hinted, the gang is watching TV. Nina stole a letter from a movie. Jerry's outraged. We know it's, it's going to be over again. Uh, and uh, do, you, do you guys have anything about the scene? Can we jump to the next one? It's wait the the posse scene? No, no the, the that she's jealous and terrible. No, no that uh, they stole the the letter that this that she stole the letter. Yeah, I, I do have some stuff on this scene. Okay. Um, in this scene, they talk about something that I don't know if this happens very much anymore. But uh, when they realize she stole the letter, there's the three of them sitting down at the couch, all watching TV. And they have the different sort of people, like, controlling the television remote for a cable. I hate the Jerry's there, where they're just bouncing around station to station to station. It used to drive me crazy with the people who would, when a commercial would come, would go to another channel that didn't have a commercial on. You you ended up seeing, like, three quarters of both shows, because they'd never get back on that last commercial. Never. Yeah, I hate that. Hate that. I can understand if... If you're watching TV alone, doing that, but with other people, it's no good. But I mean, I think you're completely destroying the illusion that you're even attempting to watch a show with a narrative if yeah. you don't even care that you miss chunks of it. Yeah, you're it's, just it's like reading a book and time. like skipping by like five or six pages, like whatever. That can't be that good. So my other question from the scene, of course, is that they wait, wait, wait. how do you guys read books? <laughs> <laughs> My other question for you from this scene is that, yes, okay, so we realize Nina has plagiarized her speech. Her entire letter is stolen. Is that a problem? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. What, if she just, what if she just found that this speech was the thing that perfectly captured her feelings yeah. on it, and she mm. just wanted to address and use that same power? Then she I don't, has to I don't even know. know where to begin with how wrong all of this is. No, like, even if... So many red flags. Even if she cited where it came from, she was like, I read the speech in chapter two. It really, I really feel like it represents... But it totally applies. And then, and then she writes it out. That's, that's semi-acceptable. It's tacky, but it's semi-acceptable, but just not even mentioning it. I I don't know what to say. It's it's outrageous. Monster. Okay, first the, the the sentiment conveyed in the letter is craziness. Then they find out that she didn't even write it. She just thought that that was appropriate 
that's craziness. And then she didn't even credit Neil Simon. That's plagiarism. Uh, there's there's nothing okay but like just run for the hills, Jerry. Although she was kind of hot back then. She's actually still pretty good looking for like Catherine uh, Keener. Yeah, for for a lady her age, she's, she's, she's a beautiful cute. woman. Yeah, she's so she's pretty cute. Yeah, she's in her mid fifties now. Still yeah. very very beautiful. I guess yeah, I agree. I'm almost uh, more attractive now. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Her her and her and um 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 being John Malkovich smoking hot in that movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I just went to look at a picture of her. Number one, I misspelled her name. Number two, the best part was that the Catherine. first Google result, if you type in her name, is Catherine Keener Feet. Nice. Click it. Why click it? I don't know. what. It, what's about her feet? I don't know. I think it's just... I don't know, but she's oh. got an article on WikiFeet. I don't want to know what WikiFeet is. I've had enough of this already. Um, Please continue, Patrick. So, so yeah. Um, Jerry's outraged. Oh he's, yeah, she's a very beautiful it. woman. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, Elaine's back in the office, and there's a horrifying phone conversation going. This is quite a nightmare. What's going on here? This is um, all so likely. I mean, well, I mean, Elaine, uh, Mister Lipman, he's he's talking on the phone about this woman who was wearing this Baltimore's cap, who was sitting in the owner's box. Just recounts Elaine's story. Elaine is visibly green. Hangs up on the phone. He doesn't know it's her. He just happens to know the accountant. So, uh, Elaine is more or less in the clear. But, he really wants her to go to this game. With him. Wearing her Baltimore Orioles cap. Dooming her. There's nothing he can do. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a bad situation. She agrees. I don't know what she's going to do. Why would she agree to this? I don't understand at all why she would choose to do this. She just didn't see a way to get out of it. He was so insistent. She has to go back and see her sick dad again. Death's door. I don't think she can lie about that twice. But she can say it twice if it's not a lie. That is true. That is very true. Yeah, so long as she didn't lie and say her dad died, then it, then the lie's still going. <laughs> Just keep the lie rolling. Well, Just keep no dad alive, you know? She she is a terrible liar. She's no George. It's true. Yeah, she's a really bad liar, actually. Oh, George um, would have been out of that in a second. Uh, so, so, yeah, and she agrees to go. She's doomed. Um, then the next scene, we're in the studio... Jerry's hinting real hard that he knows what's going on. Nina doesn't really... She maybe seems to be catching on, but thinks she can get away with it. I don't know what she's hoping to do here, honestly. Yeah. I've never heard of Chapter 2. Yeah. it's She's she's caught, and she, she should just fess up at this point. But, uh, you know, she doesn't. And uh, the rich people come in to buy the Kramer. Once again, what is with these weird Manhattan socialite characters? Yeah, they're... I don't know, they're like straight out of central casting. They've been playing <laughs> They've been playing rich Manhattan socialites for, you know, 60 years. Well, and what is Jerry wearing? Like, forget them. 
I mean, did you see Jerry's clothes? He's got like the huge jacket with the jeans, the weird shirt. Very odd. Uh, I don't know. I think he's got the cool blazer thing going. And I think he's looking pretty boss. Uh, yeah. So it's it's a bad situation. They break up in the apartment. Jerry talks about how they broke up. They're watching TV. Elaine's on TV fighting with the security guard. Elaine's got moxie. Yeah. She's spicy. <laughs> she's yeah. A, she's quite a lady. She's a firecracker is what she is. Um, but yeah, it's a... Uh, <sighs> yeah, bad situation. Elaine's... Elaine seems to be doomed. Then we cut quickly. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you guys hear the classic call in that in this scene? Holy cow! Oh, no, I didn't hear it. Phil Rizzuto. Oh. They even have a whole episode of Seinfeld dedicated to his uh, talking bobblehead. Oh. Chris, do you, do you know about this? Is this just no. me? Yeah, no, oh, no, yeah, I'm yeah. They, like, seal it uh, under the uh, the pavement. Yeah! And, and the George, broad jump on George, 81st yeah, Street George or whatever. Jack hammers it out. Yeah. No. Um. So yeah, and then we cut to the rich people's place. Kramer is there having dinner with the rich people, and uh, wouldn't yeah, you having a good time? Yeah, sure. They're very excited about his story. He's telling the one about uh, hopping the ship to Sweden. <laughs> it was a big boat. <laughs> it was like a steam liner or something. What did he claim it was? Uh, I don't know. Why is he lying to these people? What is he? I don't even know that's a lie. I think I, I know I it's think, a lie. I think Kramer's had an eccentric enough life that maybe, you know, maybe maybe this is something I mean, he it's did. possible. Yeah. You think it's possible, both of you? Yeah, I think not? this whole story is possible, yeah. It's not established it's a lie, and we don't really have any idea about what his sort of childhood was like. We just know that Kramer gets in crazy adventures. I guess so. Um, I did notice that the people have a really strange table. The table has, like, these two massive um like marble legs or something did, did you guys notice this it's no. very strange we finished with the monologue jerry's talking about as an adult sneak into better seats it's embarrassing i thought this monologue was pretty good actually one of the better ones so, everyone so sneaks far. to better seats you yeah, got to why not I liked his little bit about pretending to be confused. Me too. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, just eat your chip, Patrick. Mm. I was trying to eat a chip silently, which is impossible. Oh, sounds, sounds, like, sounds like original talk show over here. What, talk show 1.0? 2.0. Oh, good. Um, it's a great show. You know, yeah. speaking. Oh wait, let's let's finish up this thing about the monologue, and then okay, I want to. Let's just do do it again, Patrick. So, uh, yeah, the episode finishes up with the monologue. Jerry talks about sneaking to better seats. You guys ever sneak to better seats? Yes, it's great. In everything, really. Yeah, in a movie. Well, not a movie theater. How do you in, like going to say movie theater? In a play, you know, in a concert. Back to better seats on an airplane. I've switched seats. Really? Yeah, it's great. I did that once when there was nobody in like an entire row. 
and I went in there and just took it for myself. Yeah, it's nice. It was very nice. Cool. You ever take the better seats, Chris? I don't think I've ever had an opportunity. Sometimes there's a whole empty row, and you're in a row sitting next to some obnoxious, stinky person. You just go back to that other row. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would do that. I'd, like, I've never been to a sporting thing, so I've never had that. Uh, what about, what about a, a concert, like a special zone? I don't, I don't really go to... Yeah, and I don't really go to concerts that aren't just general admission. Never been. Right. Sweet. Yeah. You ever you ever theater hop? Go to see a second show? No, that's a good one though. Yeah, I would do that. Awesome. That's bold. That's fun. I would do that. The employees don't care. Yeah, why would they? If you got time to see a second movie, go see a second movie. It's great. It's a good so, idea. So, Chris, what did yeah. you think of this episode overall? It's pretty good, I guess. It was okay. It was okay. If you have to give it a rating, one out of five Kramer portraits, how many would you give it? Solid two and a half. Two and a half portraits. Oh, it's pretty low. Yeah. I feel like the episode was good, but I feel like Catherine Keener was too good an actor with the other characters, or he wasn't acting in the same way. Like it's- She was playing it like a serious, dramatic role. And everyone else is playing it like the silly comedy it is. So it's it's weird. She seems deeply insane because of the way mm. she's acting. I Quite. mean, I, I guess that's kind of effective, but uh, it's it's weird. Cameron, what do you think? Uh, I have the exact same sort of sentiment. Catherine Keener comes across so odd in this episode. Her acting, it's like... I don't know that it's that her acting is better. It's that she's trying to do sitcom acting. It's like she's almost trying to adapt her acting style to the sitcom. And it doesn't totally work. But overall, pretty funny episode. Yeah. So, if that's everyone's opinions, let's pluralize that. It's time to move into the always popular other business. Would you like to follow along? I highly encourage it. Head on over to whatsthedealshow.com where you will find pictures, show notes, back episodes, and, of course, other business for every episode of What's the Deal Show. You know, I just realized I forgot to plug the show at the beginning, or the uh, the website. You guys are our sponsors, we too. We're going to get <laughs> dropped. <laughs> we don't need to plug it every time. They'll be devastated. Yeah. Breach your contract. A lot of people are talking about Squarespace. We talked about Squarespace. <laughs> everything you need to know. Everything you need to make a beautiful website. So if you have headed over to whatsthedealshow.com, you'll see today's other business involves Schmeet, the lab-grown meat, which will be hitting grills later this month. Now, Schmeet is supposedly the answer to the ethical meat problem. At the paltry cost of approximately $340,000, I imagine that's U.S., <laughs> uh, Maastricht University in the Netherlands, I hope I'm saying that correctly, Felix, maybe you know how the uh, people from Netherlands would be saying that. <laughs> the people from Netherlands? <laughs> never Neverland. The Dutch? I'm sorry, carry on. Carry on. So they are going to form a 140-gram patty, barbecue it, and have a little taste test. Chris Young, I know that this must hold some sort of interest for you. It is an ethical meat product. Uh, To create these meats, 
you can extract the cells used to clone the meat uh, from an animal without harming it. Would this be something that you would be willing to eat? I don't know. Um, it's debatable. Uh, I have no ethical issue with it. Um, mm-hmm. My concern, like, like just personally for myself, is it's been a very long time since I've had since I've had meat, except for all the gravy. I, just, I don't eat you know, just it's this gray area. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's true though, gravy is like a meat thing flavored with meat dripping, and, and it's mostly veggie gravy. Like it, it, I, I probably the amount of times I've had meat gravy has probably been very low. Okay, given that. Um, <laughs> I kind of feel like um, it's taken a long. It's taken a long. You know, I don't. I haven't eaten in a very long time. But I kind of, I, 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 I don't want to have obviously regular hamburger meat or anything again. But I like holding on to the memory, and I'm worried that something like this would be like. It'd be like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio's wife in Inception, right? Like, it's not really her. And it's just, uh, it just, it wouldn't be the same, but it would be close to the same. So it would be kind of, uh, I don't know. It'd be weird. Oh, so you feel like the, like, simulacrum would never be yes. as, like, satisfying as the real thing. And then it would lead you, you know, on a dark day, maybe you get a little drunk, you're a little upset. Yeah. You stop in at a Wendy's. Get a junior double bacon cheeseburger. Yeah, I'm sad. I'm just sad because my wife jumped out of a building. She was crazy. I hope everyone's seen Inception. <laughs> um, uh, we're a couple of years in. I feel like if you haven't seen it, you're you are an adult. Yeah. You heard us talk about Inception. You could have stopped it right there. Yeah. Yeah. Spo- spoiler alert for Inception: the boat sinks. And Leo dies, even though there was plenty of room on the frickin' door. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Cameron? Would you eat this? Um, would you try it? I mean, you didn't try it. You didn't want to try that. I mean, so you didn't want to try that freezer hamburger this is the thing so i feel like you're not eating shmeat i mean how many times have you heard me say when we're all gathered around a table i'm not a trier Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but that's a different situation because at the restaurant okay so here's here's the scenario at a restaurant when you're down with your friends and you've all ordered your meal i've picked from everything on the menu, the one thing I've decided that I want to eat the most. So no, I don't want to give you a bite of my meal. And I don't want some of yours. If you wanted what I picked, you should have picked it. This is the meal that I spent the time and the brain process to select. Now, do, now, you, do you take that approach with your girlfriend? I'll let her try some. There you go. Okay, that's that. With her, I will have a free exchange. Yeah, yeah all right. I'm, I'm, we're in the same boat then. Um, oh, this, that's very nice to hear, actually, Chris. <laughs> um, now, and I don't think most people are like us. I think most people are happy to try and, and share, but I don't want to do it. But really with this, 
Now, this is a disgusting and interesting experiment. And I don't know that I'd be able to make myself try it. I couldn't, I don't know that I could be the first person. Here's the thing, here's the thing, here's oh, the thing. Oh, so yeah, you wouldn't want to be the first person ever. Like, they produced this meat. Yeah. This Should, is sample it, a, AQ5. This is the one that mm-hmm. they know is good. Mm-hmm. They know this is the best one they're producing. You're not going to be the first one to try. No, but if some, if everyone else has started eating it, like Schmidt's uh, catching on, it's, it's everywhere. It's like as popular as like a tempeh, right? Like yeah. not that it's, many it's people like are eating it, but people it's, do eat it. I would give I would give it a go at that point because I mean I like the idea of it because it's in terms of environmental practice, it's a lot better than like a giant warehouse full of chickens. Mm-hmm. Well, like, here's, here's the thing. Like, what we're talking about here, we're talking about as much technology as we're talking about meat. Um, and as with most things in technology, I'm just not an early adopter. <laughs> you know? I'm waiting for a version, like, you know, at least version 2.0, usually version 3.0. You know? I want some of those kinks ironed out. So this, so you're not gonna try. So the first, Shmi- I didn't get the first iPhone. You know, the first didn't get the first, one didn't get the first MacBook Air. Didn't get the first iPod. The first Schmidt. This is a beef simulated beef, yeah. right? A cloned beef, whatever. But once they come out with the chicken, maybe I'll try the chicken. No, no, no. What I'm saying no, is, once the chickens come out, maybe I'll try the beef. Maybe no. I'll try beef 2.0. Uh, yeah, maybe thing, I'll try I'm... the third version of beef. I'm just picturing at the grocery store, you know, they've got the little, like, containers, they have the meat, and it says Schmeat on it, and then there's just, like, that big star sticker slapped on it, and it has 2.0 next to it. <laughs> I, was just saying, it's like, I don't know I, that I Can I run an update product. on this meat? <laughs> It'll have that little, like, banner that goes across it, you know, that says new. Oh, Look, man. Michael. Banner. <laughs> Family love Michael. Family love Schmeat. Uh, Patrick, let me go ahead and guess. You're taking that first bite of Schmeet. Yeah, I'll try it. Uh, well, I mean, I would want to read about how they produce it and, like, be convinced that it's safe. Uh, but, uh, if I'm convinced it's safe, yeah, I'll definitely try it. So they have some interesting stuff here in the article where they talk about, essentially, that what's interesting is that they might create the sort of, uh, microbrewery-style model where there's like small scale producers, it's a little bit more expensive, but it's that handcrafted thing uh, with Schmidt. Could you see that happening? Okay, okay, yes, I can see this happening, and I can also see the potential for this to make vegetarians even more obnoxious. Like you go, you go to a barbecue. Seems unlikely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go to someone's house, and they're like, "Hey, we're making brisket. Oh, I don't, I don't eat, I don't eat meat. I, I'll eat, you know." lab grown meat i'll eat like my freaking microbrew meat but i won't eat your meat that's 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 it's a slippery slope uh i can see what you're saying and actually i can see like forget just like the vegetarians but just like think of the foodies it's like oh yeah, we're making know. Uh, like a a, a schmeat burger i know oh is that the one from longhouse point oh no it's from you know wherever Oh, I don't really like that one. It's a little dry. It's like it's. Have you tried the seasonal cranberry schmeat? You know, I was thinking. I feel like I feel like the Longhouse is still in beta. You know, <laughs> there's an episode of 
Sea Quest, where you learn that there we go. Like beef, like oh, and welcome. Um, what's the deal? Meat grown <laughs> from animals is illegal <laughs> in the future, and so you have to eat the lab-grown meat. But one of the the like Commander Riker type character, he's he smuggled some Peruvian beef onto the boat. Where he's gonna eat it? Peruvian beef. Mm. Onto that the kid boat. from Sidekicks. Uh, I guess I don't really remember Sequest that well, but I remember the scene very vividly because this is when I first heard the idea of lab-grown meat. And, uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Schmeat. I don't know. It's a weird thing. When it exists, I'm going to try it, I guess. It exists right now. Well, I mean, a proof of concept exists, and they, the scientist doesn't seem too convinced that it's delicious. Let me... Where's the the quotation here? Uh, oh, further up. Further up. Uh, Let me put this This way. version of the burger is really to attract support, to attract funding. And I'm sure it will because it's a very enticing idea. Like, it's not a delicious burger. It's something that resembles meat. Well, it <coughs> technically is meat. Like, it's meat cells. Yeah, it's meat. But it's not, I mean, it's not going to be delicious. Let me put it this way. As, as a vegetarian, I find this to be more promising than Google Glass. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but did they have a porn app for Schmeet? Yeah. <laughs> I actually think that was the name of the first Google Glass porn app. Schmeet. <laughs> <laughs> That was the Google Glass version of Grinder. <laughs> That's the app where you find really big sandwiches, right? That's right. Giant you? sandwiches in your city tonight. <laughs> Schmeet with friends? Yeah. <laughs> Would you eat a Schmeet-like product that was made from cloned human cells what no no patrick no it's kind of horrifying that idea i'm sorry we could try everything i don't think would would you would you fake cannibalize uh no but this is your chance to finally know what human tastes like without eating a curious see i think patrick is because right now we already know there's no world where i would eat it i'm not a trier that's a great excuse, really. I'm not a trier. Yeah, it is. It gets it's me real, out of everything. It's a real cop-out. But Patrick is a trier. Patrick ate expired army rations from out of the garbage. I didn't eat them. All right, Emily threw them in the garbage. But you would have eaten <laughs> I might have. They weren't expired. They were expired. Oh, if they were expired, I probably shouldn't have eaten them. <laughs> Are you are you familiar? Homer, with are you still eating that? We talked sandwich. about this on the podcast, I, but I can't remember if I can't remember if Chris was on the show that day or if it was Justin. This, yeah. yeah, you were there. So I mean, like Patrick will try things. He'll try almost anything. I'm not trying cloned human. I think you would try cloned human. Oh, just a little bite, Patrick. No. He just winked at me when he said no. <laughs> I feel revolted at the idea of eating it. Okay, well, what if it, What about this, then? What if it's cloned Schmeet from yourself? No, even then. That's what? even more revolting. I don't know. I thought maybe Patrick would be more <laughs> accepting if it was his own Schmeet. We gotta wrap <laughs> this up. This is gross. <laughs> Patrick, are you trying to tell me that you wouldn't just 
gobble down a big old bite of your own schmeat. <laughs> I hear Marilyn Manson got his ribs removed so he could eat his own schmeat. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, right. are you, you're not eating the cloned human either? I don't think so. You know, I'm certainly not eating freaking Solon Green Alpha. What if it was cloned human Schmeet 2.0? No. They've made some upgrades. It's a little faster. There's still no Dropbox sync. It's running on WebKit now. <laughs> you're both saying no to human Schmeet? What the hell? Yes! I don't know. I just thought that maybe, you know, it it's might... cannibalism. There's no d- market for regular cannibalism. Why would there be a market for cloned cannibalism? Like, I don't think it's unethical to eat human I think meat, it's gross. But I think it's gross. Yeah. Well. Would you eat point. cloned feces? Oh, it's not really. It's cloned. <laughs> but I mean, it. it's still feces. It was... <laughs> It's not meat. It's still people. Uh, Chris, I've got bad news for you. <laughs> Feces is not people. <laughs> uh, you might remember the famous uh, court decision which uh, decided that feces was not considered people. Uh, I just wanted to mention to you that my alternate piece of other business was outside of a Russian prison in an attempt to... Smuggle. You know, in prisons, they try to, like, courier, like, drugs and those sort of things in there. You know, things things that you might... Cigarettes, something you could We've trade. We've all seen Shawshank Redemption. Uh, outside a Russian prison, they found a cat, which just had a bunch of cell phones taped all over its body. Nice. Uh, I thought that was genius. Awesome. And yet, this cat from the picture does not look trained at all. <laughs> and honestly, I love all news stories from Moscow, because it's like the news service is so strange. They literally kept this cat taped up with the cell phones on its body and they're just holding it up by the scruff of its neck for this picture. It's not like that someone thought, like, this is cruel to the cat to have, like, <laughs> this, uh, I don't know, duct tape all over its body. Let's hold it up. Let's take its picture. Let's wait until the press gets here. Shall we wrap it up, Chris? <laughs> yes, I think so. so. Alright. So... Google Glass has been banned in U.S. casinos already. Are you familiar with this? Let's wrap it up. I was really hoping I'd get Chris to to bite on that. The reason why I was hoping to do that was because, as always, I failed to look up the list of Seinfeld episodes to inform you on next week's episode. It's the parking space. Oh, Oh. the parking space. With that jerk mic. Yeah. Hey, isn't this the guy that Tristan met? No. Isn't it? No, it is. Yeah. Let's see if we can get him. So, next week's episode, season three, episode 22, The Parking Space. And in this episode, (laughs) uh, Kramer informs Jerry that his friend, Mike, has been calling Jerry a phony. In a good way. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And after. A phony. And after a disagreement outside, Mike and George get into a heated debate over a parking spot right in front of Jerry's apartment, where they uh, are both hoping to go to watch a big, important 
boxing match. Elaine, in a side story, creates a story that she's been chased by a pack of teenagers with guns. And a souped-up car. Ay ay ay. And that's the episode. You know who yeah. you know who's in that episode? Sid, the guy who moves all the cars around. It's exciting. John Christian Grass? Sure. No? I don't know what the actor's name is, but the character's name is Sid. The guy who George took over for. We moved all the cars around for. Yeah. Alright. Yeah. That's that's probably enough, eh? So let me tell you right now. If you manage to make it through this whole episode, if you're a glutton for punishment, head on over to whatsthedealshow.com, check out the show notes, check out the back episodes, check out the little pictures. It's all free, it's all coming to you. Ask Felix, we don't take any money. Mm-mm. I've I've been taking money. From Felix? That's My- why we mentioned his name so much. <laughs> yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Mike Felix. C's <laughs> and Felix. <laughs> Are we just doing Mike C now? Have we just completely given up? Yeah. No, it's, it's Sepial. Yeah. Yeah, right. Sepial. Yeah, we don't know. Seeps. He confirmed to me once again that it is pronounced with a, a soft C. Mike Seeps. <laughs> What's that? I don't know. I what is that? Enthusiastic about his name. Mikey Seep in the house. Uh, yeah, so if you're interested in having us try to say your name on the episode, mm-hmm. you can follow us on Twitter. We tweet at WTD Show. Uh, all you have to do is follow us, and we will probably say your name, or Cameron will. Uh, you could like us or follow us on Tumblr. If you just go to our website, What's the Deal Show, you can follow us there, because uh, that's a Tumblr. Or you can uh, like us on Facebook. You'll see us in your news feed. You can like us. The whole thing. Uh, if you want to follow us on, or like us on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash what's the deal show. Chris, how else can people help us out? Um, they can uh, they can go and they can uh, go to iTunes and they can rate just what just just you know what 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 grade of meat spam is, and they can compare and contrast that to what grade of meat meat is. Uh, I'm I'm inclined Good to question. say that that meat is a higher grade of meat meat than than spam. Spam is probably more delicious, though. Spam is very good. We don't know this. We don't know this. I mean, yeah, go to iTunes. They have a whole spam meat system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or you can rate. You can rate. Yeah, or you can rate our show. Uh, you know, be kind. We've got all this competition from low lives like Curbcast. So, why are you promoting their show? Oh, I don't know. The show that shall not be named. Yeah. Dumbcast. Dumb <laughs> yeah. That's right. All right. Well, I think that concludes this week's episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. We appreciate it. We're hanging in there. We're getting there. We're almost 40. Almost 40 episodes. The big four. Oh. It's incredible. We have made it almost a full year of this show. Who would have thought? It's pretty exciting. Yeah. So, as always, a hearty thank you from Christopher Young. Yo. Patrick Armstrong. Mm-hmm. And myself, Cameron Wong. Thank you very much. And we will be with you again next week. Do you think Felix even listens to the show anymore? He's probably given up. <laughs> What's that part called with the cactuses? Uh, 
Carl Johans Park. <laughs> cat what, if that, what if that girl... Yeah, they had a cacti park. Remember that girl sent us the tweet, also from Sweden, who claimed that she was going to take a cactus from Carl Johans Park and smash it over Felix's head. Mm-hmm.